0: Welcome to Navigating Real Estate, where we discuss the skills, strategies, and success mindset you need to become a top-producing real estate broker. I'm your host, Ryan Bucola. The Bend Central District, also known as the BCD, is a special place for many people. Located in the heart of our rapidly growing city, the BCD has enormous potential to provide more housing and jobs, near-existing businesses, services, services and activities that will make our community more livable and protect our Bend from sprawl. So much has happened already with this project. We are excited to learn more about what's ahead for the Bend Central District. Allison Platt is the core area project manager for the city of Bend. She is experienced in transportation, land use, and economic development policy and planning. Oh, that's a lot, Allison. Allison's focus is on helping Bend grow up in our core area to support our region's housing, environment, and economic development goals. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. This is is a great topic as we sit in downtown Bend and watch this city become more dense. Yeah, it's cool. Mm -hmm. Can you give us a high-level overview of what the Bend Central District is and what the vision is for its future?
1: Yeah, definitely. The The Bend Central District is really an area intended for more walkable, urban, mixed-use development in the center of town. Um, so it will essentially be an extension of downtown over time, but with a larger focus on housing. Our current downtown um, is pretty limited in its residential uh, units today.
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting. We're sitting in an apartment right downtown. We're in one of the very few units Um, So we're in the process of renovating a building at 42 Greenwood, and I believe we're just outside of the boundary of the BCD. Can you define for us the geographical boundaries? I know we don't have a map or a big screen here, but maybe you can tell us what that looks like.
1: Yeah. So the Bend Central District is really bordered by Revere Avenue, essentially to the north. The the northern boundary kind of jogs a little bit, um, but I think Revere is a good Mm -hmm. uh, northern boundary to consider. Uh, northeast Fourth Street is the boundary to the east of the district, and then the the western and southern boundary is really the railroad. Um,
0: part of the okay. western
1: boundary is also consistent with US 97. Tell us about
0: the funding for this project. Where where did it come from, and and where's it going?
1: Yeah, so I mean, the Ben Central District is really just a a land use designation or a, an area of town. However, it is located within our core area tax increment finance. Um, area, you know, we'd like double say area. It's a little awkward. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, that area does have kind of a boundary that allows for, um, the bend urban renewal agency, which is the same membership as the city council of bend, uh, to divert taxes from overlapping taxing districts for the next 30 years, um, and, and direct those funds to be directly invested in the district. So that economic development tool, tax increment financing, will develop about $112 million to invest in that area over the next 30 years. Um, and we anticipate that to also um, be leveraged with other city financing sources. So the transportation geo bond is a pretty great example where you know, we have $12 million earmarked just to improve the Midtown crossings mm-hmm. um, in the Bend Central District. And that's um, improvements to both the Franklin and Greenwood Avenue crossings, the existing crossings that are there today, as well as a new pedestrian and bicycle overcrossing at Hawthorne Avenue.
0: And Hawthorne, it being kind of the main thoroughfare east-west, is that... Is
1: for that, pedestrians
0: and bicyclists, yeah. yeah. Okay, excellent, excellent. There's a, a lot of people interested in that Hawthorne Bridge, and, and what will it mean not only for the flow of pedestrian traffic, but for uh, real estate in that in that area
1: yeah, we, we've we seen a lot of um, developers, property owners already invest into that district knowing that the Hawthorne Overcrossing is, is planned for that area. So I am anticipating um, once we kind of secure funding for that project and there's more of a known uh, construction or open date for a lot of those developers to move forward with some of their anticipated development plans.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen kind of an interesting... I don't know if it's a land grab, but definitely some positioning to kind of see how that's going to play out from some of the big players in town.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of an awkward spot today. I think, you know, a lot of folks think about, well, where is it going to land? And, you know, really it lands at the bottle drop today. And <laughs> right. So it's it's kind of funny, I think, for folks to think about, you know, some of our biggest developers are buying land next to the bottle drop.
0: Yeah. 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 Very interesting. Can you give us an overview of of some of those timelines and 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 that project?
1: For Hawthorne? Yeah. Yeah. So um fortunately for you all, I'm actually married to the person that oversees our transportation geo oh, go. is responsible for that project. That's straight information. Um, so I've got the the latest scoop. <laughs> um but the Hawthorne Crossing, it's not currently fully funded. Um, so we're still actively pursuing both state and federal um, grants, You know, lobbying our, our legislators, our state senators to help secure funding to fully fund that project. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, we are going to initiate design for that project. We're expecting to release a request for proposals for engineering consultants Um, in the next several months to identify a team to work on that project, as well as the Franklin crossing the second street streetscape improvements project and improvements to Greenwood Avenue. Um, So I expect that we'll be working on design for Hawthorne probably in 2025. Um, But just given the extent of permitting requirements and coordinating with Oregon department of transportation and the BNSF railroad, it's going to be at least four years um, before that project is under construction. Just Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, permits that we need to acquire, a lot of complexity with that project um going up and over the parkway and the railroad. So right. I think a realistic timeline to expect that project to be open is closer to 2028 20,
0: to 2030. Okay. Fantastic. How will each phase of the BCD rollout moving forward? And you know, when do you expect like the completion date of this this project? What's what's that look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, the BCD will forever be evolving. Uh-huh. Um, our plan, the Core Area Tax Increment Finance Plan, has that funding source for the next 30 years. So it's really a 30-year plan and vision for the area. Um, but the evolution will continue far past that. Um, I definitely think that we'll start seeing some projects, um, mixed use and housing projects in the BCD come online probably around 2026 for the first one, maybe 2025, um, if all goes well. right. Um, and then I think there'll be another huge shift around 2030. You know, the city's actively looking at relocating our city hall at that location. I think that's probably more of a realistic timeline to think about when maybe that shift could occur as well. Mm. Um, but again, it will always be evolving. Most of the investments that we'll see in the Ben central district are really private investment. Right. And so that's really up to, you know, future market conditions and future players that, that, also contribute and activate the district.
0: It's interesting when, you know, you take, we sit here today in downtown Bend and you think about what this place looked like 30 years ago mm-hmm. and then try and figure out what it's going to look like in 30 years when then you throw in all the different economic factors that come into recessions and, and you know, accelerated growth and, and you know, all of the things that happen in 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 a 30-year cycle. It's really, really fascinating to think about what this place is going to look like.
1: Yeah. And what's, what is interesting is the only other sort of central or core urban renewal district that we've had historically was our, was our downtown urban renewal district that was really instrumental in helping downtown recover from, from the recession. Um, you know, I think a lot of folks that lived here in the nineties remember downtown being primarily boarded up and our, our downtown urban renewal district was really instrumental in And bringing the success to downtown that it has today, and and that project or that urban renewal area extended all the way down to um, Bond in Colorado, so the Colorado and Arizona, so the Colorado and Arizona couplet was really funded with an urban renewal area, and that when that district was expired was right around the time that Market of Choice came in and made a major investment to that area, so you can kind of see, you know, that was probably a 20 to 30 year urban renewal area. And it wasn't until the very end that we saw some of the biggest investments um, be located down in that area, kind of near, you know, Sizemore, Arizona, Colorado. And we're still seeing investments come and play today, even though that district has been expired for, you know, over 50 years. Yeah. You look at
0: the Killian Pacific project and all that stuff that's coming on down there. And it's interesting, you know, we, I was the listing agent on the parcel that Market of Choice went in on when they, when they bought it. And you know, there was nothing there. It was like an NF, it was a EPA cleanup site, you know? And now it's like, you know, it's the nice, it's nice, you know, grocery store. It's not to go off script a little bit, but can you talk about any other places similar to Bend that have this Bend, this central district that we've kind of modeled after, or is this, are we out in front or what? Tell me, talk about that, that a little bit, if you have any backstory. Yeah, and if you don't, we can just move on.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great question. I don't have a great model. I think, you know, an Oregon potential model is, you know, it will, it will obviously be different here and it will have its own bend vibe, but the Pearl district is kind of a classic example of, a, of an urban renewal area that was primarily industrial that slowly um, evolved and emerged over time into, you know, a major mixed use center for, for Portland um, so that's kind of one, at least Oregon right. example. I definitely think the Bend Central District will have its own unique
0: flair, yeah, right.
1: Um, compared to the Pearl District, but I think that can kind of give folks a sense of the level of transformation that we are expecting over the next 30 to 50 yeah. years.
0: Density and height. Density yep. and height, yeah. Um, we understand that there'll be some incentives for developers that are within the BCD. Can you review some of those incentives and, and who they apply to?
1: Yeah, definitely. So... Um, we actually have three new incentive tools that were all developed over the last year or two uh, to support primarily housing development, so housing and or mixed-use development. Um, So those two programs would be our multiple-unit property tax exemption program, which is a 10-year tax abatement on any residential improvements for new residential construction where a developer is providing three or more residential units on one single tax lot. Um, the developer does need to provide some public benefits as part of their project and the application process is fairly robust, but it it can provide a significant benefit to especially larger developments. Um, and then the second kind of more housing mixed use focus program that we have is, was literally adopted by, by city council or the Bend urban Rural agency this past Wednesday evening. So brand new program, um, it's the core area development assistance program And that will offer kind of annual uh, grants, uh, kind of depending on funding capacity or availability for that given year. So we are expecting to kind of release the first call for applications likely by this fall for about $800,000 for any housing or mixed use project to apply for um, any portion of their development Mm -hmm. costs. So they could apply for their land acquisition, their permit or SDC fees, their vertical development construction costs. It's really intended to be a flexible funding source to just offset some of the costs for right. development.
0: What's your experience um, with volume of applications for programs like that? Are people aware of that? Or is it, you know, like, I? what's that look like from the other side of the desk? Are there people that are in the know that are actively searching for those dollars? Or is it, you know, do we kind of hang, the, turn the sign, we're open for business and wait for the word to trickle?
1: Yeah, we, we're actively engaged with six developers in the core area that have all Good. been asking for this funding assistance for the last 2 years and you know we finally kind of have the program or the the process to move them through and they're very aware of the of the draft program that we've been developing um, I need to kind of do a press release since it just got adopted to let folks know but I'm in active conversations with a lot of the core area developers already Good. and and many of them are already aware that this is this is in the pipeline
0: That's great that's great.
1: Yeah, and I just, and lastly, I just wanted to touch on we do also have a new business assistance program that was also adopted this past Wednesday. And while that's not focused really on um, major developers of housing projects, that is really going to be beneficial for businesses in the district, particularly those that are undercapitalized or might be at risk of displacement. Um, and that will provide grants up to $50,000 for both internal and external improvements. And we're planning to fund that program with about $100,000 annually over the next five years with the goal of increasing the funding capacity for that program That's over great. time.
0: That's great. You know, cause as we, as we shift into maybe a potential contraction or recession, you know, it's interesting how, you know, we roll out these programs from a city, from a city level. And, um, but we have, you know, we have economic, pressure that happens as these programs get developed and and rolled out. And so we could see something that we think is going to happen faster or take a longer time to take hold just based on, you know, values and cost of money and cost of materials and labor pool, all the things that go into all that great stuff. And so it's really nice to see some money focused at the business end of that and not just the development side of that thing. That's that's really interesting. Any inclusions as to what type of development we're looking at, we're looking for in in the BCD? Yes,
1: yeah, so, I mean, as I mentioned, housing and mixed use is a key focus, but that business assistance program um, is really again supporting undercapitalized businesses, but also a, a really heavy emphasis on customer facing businesses, businesses that are going to draw activity. We're talking energy, retail, energy to the district, not necessarily just retail, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, our advisory board didn't necessarily want to see that area. You know, just be all office space—that's sort of dead space right. at night and kind of in the day. We really focus on food and beverage businesses, entertainment, art, um, childcare. Obviously, is a huge priority for our community. So, any childcare that applies would would likely score extremely high in our right. in our scoring. But also, makers. You know, the Ben Central District was was formally characterized as the makers district. And right. so, how can we support? um, businesses that support art, craft, design, production related, um, businesses. So artisanal foods, baked goods, things like that as well.
0: That's great. It's such a cool space down there right now. Yeah. Yeah. I went down there with my brother a while back and we got a hat made. It was great. It was like, (laughs) we went to, you know, is that a haberdashery? I don't know. Um, uh, what will the commercial and residential integration look like in this area?
1: yeah you know, I think I think that's really going to be dependent on the projects that we see come in. Um and hopefully we have some great architects that are working in this area. but I, I definitely think you know we're already starting to see some developments that are bringing that mixed use component to their to their site already where they're integrating the housing and the commercial on their own site. But I think it'll kind of be an organic and natural evolution. I don't mm-hmm. have a a crystal ball exactly how that will look. But mm-hmm. right now, the area is primarily commercial. And so, you know, just slowly, kind of trickling in that housing over time, and I think that will that will require a shift in the type of commercial that's there today, or you know, that shift from industrial to more of that activated customer facing business to support some of those those future residential uses.
0: Do we envision like seven, eight story buildings? Definitely. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you know, we have a project proposal for the former Les Schwab site that's under city review right now um, for two five story. Buildings that would be kind of multifamily mixed use developments, and then kind of renovating one of the existing Les Schwab sites. So if you used to go to Les Schwab to get your tires changed, kind of where you used to go into the office, they're planning on keeping that building and cool. renovating that, and kind of turning that more into you know potentially food or beverage or you know kind of food cart lot outdoor mm. space that folks can hang out at with the with the residential across the street. Um, And in new buildings. So I think that will kind of bring this really eclectic vibe to that site where you've got a little bit of the old mixed with some new.
0: Which is classic Bend. Right. Right. Classic Bend. That's really great. Let's talk about the affordable housing component. And as I know, that's part of the mission of the BCD.
1: Yeah. So all of our incentive programs have a really strong emphasis on trying to incentivize housing of any kind, but particularly Housing That meets a variety of income level needs and that could be um, anything from capital a affordable housing so our our multiple unit property tax exemption program. One of the public benefit requirements that you can utilize to qualify for that is providing 10% of your units as is capital a affordable housing which we define at the city is available to those making 60% of area median income or less and then we also allow for folks to qualify for that if they provide 30% of their units as middle income housing which we define as available to folks making 120% area median income or less so the numbers for what those are kind of depend on the you know the number of people in the household um, but those would all be kind of deed restricted, deed restricted income qualified um, rental units that we would utilize partners to kind of identify folks to to be living in those. And so we are really trying to use those incentive programs to prioritize and encourage developers to incorporate more of those uh, variety of income levels into their into their projects.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, we talked about affordable housing on a previous uh, episode, and it's such a hard thing, right? Somebody has to take a hit. Mm-hmm. Whether it's government or private, you know, either it's the person who owns the dirt or the person who, you know, it's in a, in, a, in, a, in a market like Central Oregon or, you know, anywhere where real estate's expensive, it's really hard to bring affordable housing to the marketplace, right? Somebody yeah, has I, to give.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I think our, our Affordable Housing Advisory Committee notes that, you know, each unit needs to be subsidized by two hundred to $300,000 yeah. in order yeah. to make it affordable. Yeah. And um, we're actually in active conversations with an affordable housing developer that has a partnership with a property owner in the Bend Central District. And, and you know, 100% deed-restricted affordable housing projects, they rely on a whole array of funding sources to come together to make those projects work. Yeah. And so, you know, they're applying for kind of this, I don't even know what it is, you know, some state 4% interest, something, mm-hmm. something. Um, and when they hear back from that, then they're talking, you know, then they're talking to the city, they're trying to see what the city can offer. They're, they're applying for, you know,
0: grants, grants, you know, it's just, it's a whole portfolio
1: of funding sources to make those projects work. And we're actively having conversations with them about if you get, if you get the 4% thing, here's what we can offer you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's really putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything else you want to add today?
1: I don't think so. I think I'm, you know, I'm jazzed about the Ben Central District. I think we're finally starting to see some momentum. You know, we're in the next year or so, we're going to see Spoken Moto open. We're going to see some major improvements to Second Street, to Franklin, to Greenwood, um, and keep kind of working towards that Hawthorne Overcrossing vision. And um, I'm just really excited to kind of see what everyone contributes to the area. Um, the city's, The city just provides the playground, right, for... What, what are kind of the rules and regulations for how to make it work. But we really rely on the Bend community to, to realize that vision.
0: Allison, where is the best resource for updates in the BCD?
1: Yeah, so we have a core area tax increment finance webpage on the City of Bend website. Um, but kind of the best ways we do have kind of an interested parties list for our core area advisory board. And you can email me at plat. A-P-L-A-T-T at gov to get on that list. Great. Um, and we're happy to send you kind of regular updates about what's going on in the core area. We've also recently launched a new community and economic development newsletter, and I can send out the QR code or the information for that, but that's another great quarterly update if you don't want quite as many regular updates. Quarterly update just about everything that's going on in our kind of development community anytime there's a code update, and that would be more citywide updates.
0: Well, your enthusiasm is infectious and you are well-spoken and extremely well-educated. I've seen you do your presentation twice. And now you're here and I'm super impressed with everything you brought and in all of those things. So thank you for, for, uh, you know, this is a huge impact in this community and and you are, you're squarely on top of this thing. So thank you.
1: Yeah. I tell everyone that I have the coolest job at the city of Bend. I can tell, I can (laughs) tell. Yeah,
0: that's great. So thank you very much for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on Navigating Real Estate. Listen, follow, drop us a review. Your feedback means a lot, and if you like what you're hearing, make sure to share it.